Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our uh, super great but also inconsistent podcast. Um, I wanted to talk a bit today about talking to children about war. Not the funnest subject, not the thing I'm most excited to talk about, but it's come up a lot. It's come a lot in up in my own life, and it's come up a lot in my office. So, you know, obviously... Um, most people are aware at this point there's been an issue uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. And uh, as a mother, it's been really interesting to see, you know, I have I have uh, many older children, right? I have my three biological older children and my four step older children. And we've had some really great in-depth discussions of uh, this, you know, this whole geopolitical politics and what's going on, and what does that look like, and you know, their feelings about things and everything else. And when you have adult children, obviously, it's a completely different thing. How do you talk to your adult children about war? Well, you talk to them the same way you talk to any other adult about the, the, you know, the hard things in life. When your children are younger, it's a whole lot more challenging. Um, I noticed myself for a few days, anytime anything would come up about the subject, I would cut it off at, at home. I would cut it off and I would say, let's talk about this later or let's talk about this um, in another room. And I really didn't want my nine-year-old to be exposed to it, to be honest. And I, I know that's inauthentic in a sense because he is a member of our global society. He does hear things, he does see things, he does know things. It's not like we could avoid it forever. But at the same time, I know I had my own feelings that I needed to process first. And that was really important for me to get enough of my own grounding that I could have conversations with him that weren't gonna leave him feeling even more rocked by the whole situation, right? I needed to have enough of a sense for myself of this is what's going on, here's how I'm processing it, here's how I'm dealing with it, here's how I feel about it, that I could speak from a place of maturity and safety for him. And that was really important. So for a few days, that's how I handled conversations with my child around this current conflict. Um, it didn't last long, of course. You know, he had overheard a few things. Um, I, I have still made sure, and I've spoken to everyone in our home, to say we're not going to use the term World War III in front of the nine-year-old child. He cannot, he cannot handle that at this point. But, um, you know, there was a point where he came and we were, we were talking. I don't remember exactly how things came up, but I really had to stop and dig into uh, my own training and knowledge to go, okay, how do we do this? How do we handle this here? So I just want to give you know a couple couple of pieces of um, advice of how to help help you talk to your children about what's going on in the world. Um, and it's okay if you've already had some conversations and they haven't gone well, or you've already had some conversations and it left your children with more questions. Right? You can always come back and deepen the conversation and deepen their understanding and their connection with you and their need for. Um, safety and security in all of this. So 
Uh, one thing that can be helpful if you have a child who's old enough, I mean, if they're old enough to be asking questions, honestly, they're old enough for most of what I'm going to say. And you know your child better than anyone else. So if you need to modify this in any way, whatever that looks like, you do that because this is, you know, this is your, your child you're talking about. So I think one thing that I think is really critical um, is showing your child a map, right? They have, especially younger children, um, they're, they're gonna have their own fears, their own concerns. You know, my, my son has said multiple times, what if Russia sends nukes here? That's his biggest worry in all of this, is that we are going to uh, be bombed by Russia and that it's going to be a nuclear war. And uh, so first of all, I've explained to him quite a bit, you know, that that's not what's happening right now. What's happening right now is that Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union, right? He's old enough. He's getting some of the backstory here. They want Ukraine, Russia wants to take Ukraine back over and regain that, uh, that territory. And I've showed him the maps. And I've showed him the maps, first of all, so he understands, you know, Russia's this big giant place and Ukraine is not. It's a, it's a smallish country, right? Um, but I've also showed him that, you know, there's borders here. That's why Russia's doing this because it's right there. They're not attract, you know, they're not attacking South Africa. They're attacking a country that's next door, uh, in an attempt to expand their land holdings in the world. Um, and also using those maps to show him how far away we are from that conflict, because I know that that is an ongoing concern for him is our family's safety, his own safety, the safety of the people that he loves, the majority of who live in Utah with us, right? And then we have people we love in uh, Portland and we have people we love in Texas and we have people, you know, in, in Colorado, different places, but he could see on the map all of the places where the people that he's going to love and be worried about are safe. They are safe. They are far away from this conflict. None of us are in danger at this time. And I that that whole piece around safety is just so critical for young children because, I mean, here's an example, right? So when my oldest was little, I want to say like four, maybe five years old, there was a tsunami um, in Indonesia, I believe. Um, it might have been India, I don't remember. But there was a big tsunami on the other side of the world, right? And the news stations, of course, constant coverage, right? Because we love the, it's the whole, if it bleeds, it leads conversation around the news. And the news stations were, you know, tsunami and tsunami damage and tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. And his grandparents uh, that he was spending quite a bit of time with um, had the news on, you know, always, always had the news on. And so my child's concern became that a tsunami was going to come here. Now we live in Utah. Tsunamis are not on our list. There's a lot of other things that are on our list. Tsunamis are not on the list of things that we need to worry about here in Utah. And I was able to show him the map. I was able to show him how far away things were. And uh, when I first showed him a map, he's like, that's only two inches. So we had to do a little reality around maps. So I was able to get online and go to Google Earth, scan into Salt Lake, right? And even scan in as close as I could to our home at the time and show him, okay, you know how far it is from here to, I don't know, it was like the grocery store or something, right? And so I was able to, you know, expand and contract the map and give him a sense of how far away, even California, if there were to be a tsunami there, how far away even that is 
and that there's, you know, we're safe here, right? So using a map, I highly, highly uh, recommend it. The second thing, you know, like I said, safety is such a such a big thing, right? And and a lot of children have questions like, why is this happening? Like I said, with my adult children, we got into the whole world of geopolitical politics and, uh, you know, international treaties and on and on. And why isn't NATO doing anything? And we just like, we have really in-depth conversations. It's got to be simplified for little children. Why is this happening? You know, even as I said, with, with my nine-year-old, Ukraine used to be part of this bigger country. It was divided up. Russia's unhappy with that. They want the land back, and that's why they're going to do it. Um, whatever way that you simplify that is fine. There's no right or wrong, like include this information, don't include that information. You've got to decide for yourself what that is. You know, with really, really young children, if you have a four or five-year-old who's overheard something and is now asking questions about this conflict, it might be as simple as some people like to take things that don't belong to them. And that's really not okay. And you can even get as, as personal as possible, right? Do you remember when your friend was over the other day and they wanted to take home your toy and you were upset? You didn't want them to take your toy home because that was your toy, right? I mean, I know that sounds really simple, but we have to put it in language that children will understand. So if there's some way that you can use an example from their own life that has them understand what it feels like both to want something that's not yours and also to want to keep some, you know, keep something of your own and not allow someone else to take it from you, that can be a great way to simplify the conversation and help them understand. And then I think the, you know, the third piece of advice I have <coughs> Excuse me. The third piece of advice I have about all of this, about how to talk to children about it, is, uh, you know, if there's any way that you can fit your own personal story, your own personal values, like something that you want to teach your child in all of this, uh, I, I highly, highly recommend that you do that because it makes something that's global and far away personal in a way that doesn't make it scary. Um, here's my own personal example of that, right? So, you know, the first place that a lot of Ukrainians went was into Poland, and a lot of them are there right now. Um, I am the, you know, the ancestor of Polish Jews. And uh, so I had some personal pride in that. I mean, I know it's a borders issue, right? They didn't go to Poland because they were like, hey, where can we go? Oh, I don't know. Let's fly across the world to Poland. It's a border issue. That's why they were in Poland. But at the same time, the Polish people have been so um, welcoming and accommodating in, in a lot of ways that they can be. And I, I do know, I am aware that there have been some issues around, uh, around racism at those borders. I, okay, so I just want to say that, but I also don't want to take away from the, the beauty of what has been happening. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are, frankly, a lot of people are alive right now because they were able to get into other countries and Poland was one of them. So I, uh, like I said, I have my own, you know, my, that's personal history for me, right? And I uh, explained that to my nine-year-old. Uh, I explained to him, this is where our family comes from, at least a portion of it, right? This is where our family comes from. Uh, this is why that family 
came to the United States. They came to the United States to flee during World War II or just at the beginning or right before World War II because it was an unsafe place for Jewish people to be. And people in the United States were not that welcoming, but fortunately the Polish people right now are being very welcoming and very supportive and very helpful to the Ukrainian people who have gone there. Um, it's given him a little something that, you know, while he's nine and there's not really much of anything he can do. Um, he did ask me about giving some of his allowance money to help some people, um, which we're, you know, we're working out the best way to do that because I do want to support him with that. Obviously, if my children want to be social activists, even by donations, they're going to get to get those opportunities. But the, the link to Poland that made it personal for him uh, is something that he's been able to have some pride in and it's displaced some of his worry. Having the pride has displaced the fear. It's displaced the worry, the concern, the what ifs, etc. Hasn't displaced all of it. It's still an, an almost daily conversation where he says something about what if the Russians bomb us? What if they come here? What are we gonna do? Um, he does know that there is, you know, there's already U.S. military that's been moved. We, you know, living in Utah, a lot of the um, fighter pilots, the fighter jets have been moved to the Black Sea in that area. And he's aware of that. He heard something, he heard someone say something about it. Uh, might have even been his dad and I talking about it. And, you know, he's, he's proud and happy to know that there are people who are taking action to protect the people of Ukraine. And he's proud to have that personal connection to the Polish people being some of the people that are helpful and and doing what they can to be supportive so that's displaced some of his worry so if there's anything that you can link right and it really doesn't matter what it is it doesn't have to be russian heritage or ukrainian heritage or polish her heritage it can really be anything um but if there's anything that you can link uh for to make it a little more personal it gives our children a little bit more of a chance to feel connected while still being very disconnected and feeling safe. I hope that makes sense. Um, I just, you know, I just felt like if I was going to say anything today, it needed to be about that because it's come up so, so frequently. You know, many of my clients have said, what do I tell my children? They're asking questions. I don't, I don't want them to be scared. And if we're not talking, their fear is just going to grow. It's going to compound. It's going to, you know, snowball. Um, if we are talking, we can at least alleviate some of that fear and some of that concern. So I hope that's been helpful. Um, you know, obviously as adults, we have our own stuff to work worry out, work out about this. Um, you know, as as a friend around my age said a few days ago, this is not our first rodeo for most of us. We've been through multiple iterations of, oh, now there's war and what's going to happen and how are we going to be involved and everything else, but it doesn't make it any easier. It's still scary. It's still stressful. Um, and above all, it's heartbreaking. It's even if things never move outside of, you know, Ukraine itself, it's heartbreaking. The damage that's been there, the, the lives that have been lost there. Um, and it's heartbreaking to know the reality that there's still people in this world who think that that's an okay way to, to handle their business. Um, it's heartbreaking to have that as part of the landscape. So I know that um, to the best of your ability, work that out for yourself or at least put it aside for a minute if you do need to talk to children about this conflict as well. 
Uh, as always, if you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us. All the information's in the outro. And uh, we hope that other than the state of the world, you're doing well. And we'll be back when we're back. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for some of the answers.